Listeners are advised, this podcast contains spoilers. Welcome to the Blooming League of Original Podcasts. G'day and welcome to the third episode of Drag Race Debates, a Kiki with a Kick. I'm your debate master for this Oprah-inspired episode, Rose Colour Glasses, and before I start, we want to say a huge thank you to Amali Golden for letting us use her fabulous song, Knock You Out. Be sure to check out her music on iTunes, Spotify, and where all good music is sold. And now, by court of law, I'm required to introduce our two fighters for this week. In the glitter corner... She's a virgin who can't drive. It's Yolanda Nina Pickle. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Ready to go. Excellent. Versus the representative from the lace front corner. If her pussy were any more on fire, we'd all have warmer fingers. I mean fists. Up to the elbow. It's Mimikaka. Oh, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. You just know exactly how I love it. For those joining us for the first time, we'll be pitting our fighters against one another as they argue the ins and outs of a brand new show that debuted three weeks ago called RuPaul's Drag Race, a televised competition celebrating the art of drag. Each round will consist of three phases. Firstly, Goal Maker Statement Girl is where each fighter will read their pre-written statements on each given topic. Secondly, during Shake Your Rebuttal, each fighter will debunk and devalue their opposition's opening statement in a perfectly civilised and friendly manner. Lastly, the wigs and gloves will be ripped off in Oh No Debater Don't, as our master debaters will come at one another, tasked with destroying the other's opinions and proving why their point of view is correct. At the end of each round, players will be judged based on how much crap they pulled out in terms of comedy, rebuttal, argument, and passion. And I think I've bored you for long enough, so let the fierce fist fight begin. Are you ready, fighters? Round one category is funniest moment of the episode. Yolanda, your opening statements, please. Okay, I'm going to make this short and sweet. I think my funniest moment, reduced to three categories, sexiest outfit, funniest moment, and funniest quote, and that would be Medusa. I mean Chanel with her claims that her fancy snake headpiece fell off accidentally. And there's air quotes around that. That wasn't a planned stunt to happen right at an epic peak in the music, especially after how well Akasha's little slip-up went earlier. Then I will eat my hat. In fact, I'd eat hers off the floor. Very good. All right, Mimikaka, your opening statements, please. Honestly, for the funniest moment, I sort of struggled a little bit. I mean, all of our queens being thrown the teleprompter. Honestly, I can't even sell seashells by the seashore, effectively, when you do the whole thing. But I think there was one more fitting moment. Dean McDermott walking in heels. Squish him in, boy. Squish him in. I love that. Two classic moments. Alrighty. Yolanda, shake your rebuttal, please. I mean, it was a good moment. I don't know if it was the funniest moment of the episode it was a well prepared moment to be funny i think but i don't think it was as funny as some of the other moments in the episode 
Okay, Mimikaka, show us how you shake your rebuttal. Yeah, see, you know, I feel like the snakehead falling off, as you mentioned, is kind of in a similar vein. It all just felt a little bit too neatly packaged. Alrighty, excellent. Now, all in, fight. Ding, ding. Alright, I'll admit it did seem a bit, but I think that was more less scripted as opposed to Chanel neatly packaging it. And that's kind of, for me, why it's also funny, not just from a ha-ha point of view, but also from a, it's funny because it's a bit um, suspiciously funny because it was, I think, a planned moment, but it came so off as quite So essentially powerful. what you're suggesting is that because she's done it as an individual, it has a different meaning to, say, the producers um, bringing these moments not together? No, I just think it seems a little less scripted as that. As the moment, I think the producers only put the moment together of him wearing the shoes, not necessarily any of the comments that went with it. They weren't, I don't think, scripted, but I just don't think it was as funny. I mean, at the end of the day, it wasn't as funny as some of the comments in the actual um, advertising parts that you mentioned. Some of those comments, like Nina and uh, the blowing comment with it in her face was pretty funny. As well. I think it's real kudos to a guy getting in like nine inch heels and trying to stuff his toes in when he's like completely not in the scene. I just think that it was really brave and I'm not sure that it was really scripted. He seemed genuinely excited to go and have a look and see what these queens are like working for and what they have to suffer through. So then was he really brave or just actually having some fun and being a part of the moment? Brave and fun because how many men are willing to jump into a set of high heels or willing to expose themselves in that sort of a way, you know, to really allow that femininity when they come across as quite, um, you know, a straight kind of guy, you know, I think it's just like a really good opportunity to show men who are straight that they can have a bit of freedom and a bit of play and still be respected. It's not something to be ashamed of, jumping into a pair of heels. I feel like... Oh, definitely not. It and wasn't... in my experience, more straight men want to wear heels than gay ones. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if a snake head falling off, the snake hat falling off, was a really necessarily a funny moment more than sort of almost like an embarrassing embarrassing moment like I feel like while it might have been set up I feel that the sort of like shock shame and then this kind of I can keep moving through it isn't necessarily funny I found that personally more embarrassing than anything else I think the fact that it seems put on and wasn't an accident like with Akasha's when she slept I didn't think that was funny yeah. it seemed genuinely like an accident whereas this I think comes across as funny because you, you know that she's done it on purpose she, I, well she was pretty killer in the whole episode to you know making sure that she was the one that was going to win you know so I think that was part of what's funny about it mm. is that we're laughing at, at her because she's made it so she has it she's chosen to do that to herself yeah sure and there's a bit of humility in that as well choosing to 
like you know be embarrassed on stage but I still don't think it's funny like I didn't think it was funny and particularly because I felt like she came out on her runway to kind of be this kind of Medusa big bosom seduction that it just sort of didn't come across as funny to me I thought the whole outfit was funny (laughs) (laughs) Yolanda with the burn good place to leave it there so judgments I thought, Mimi, you made some excellent points about Dean's excitement and bravery. I thought that was quite a clever angle to go with. However, it was debunked by Yolanda, who pointed out that today in 2009, it's really nothing to be ashamed of. Yolanda also made a solid point about Chanel's tactic and about how it's also peculiar as well as hilarious. However, Mimi's point about the struggle knocked it right back. And really, folks, you don't know struggle until your testicles have popped out of your nostrils. <laughs> In the end, the winning point was Mimi Kaka with my three favourite words, big bosom seduction. Thank you. So scores for the round are Yolanda, you get three points. Mimi, you get four. Before we move on to our second round, we're going to take a quick break and an acid bath. <laughs> Hey listeners, Rose Carla Glasses here. While our master debaters attending to their wounds, I thought now would be a great time to spill my guts. Well, not my guts, the fully fabulous Kristen Johnston's, whose hilarious yet harrowing memoir Guts details her rollercoaster ride through all the excesses of Hollywood and the toll it can take on even the fiercest of bitches. Keijo has shed all pretense by opening up her heart and soul in this gripping tale which will leave readers reaffirmed of their own inner strength and ability to kick some ass in this world. You may know her as Sally Solomon or Joan Collins' bed Rocky and daughter, but once you've dived into Kristen's guts, you'll come to know that she's nothing short of a warrior. Available now where all good books are sold, and the best part is, it might be 2009 today, But the book doesn't come out until 2013, so you're getting a book from the future. Grab your copy of Guts today. And welcome back to Drag Race Debates, a kicky with a kick. The competition is well underway with Mimikaka on four, Yolanda on three. So let's get on with round two, shall we? Now to think, ladies, in 11 years' time, when people are listening to this podcast... The Oprah show will have been off the air for 10 years. So, to celebrate her legacy, just like RuPaul did this week, round two category is Best Oprah Show Moment. Mimikaka, take the floor. Alright, so I really struggled with this question purely from the point of view of there's been so many great Oprah moments. But it's not just about Oprah moments, it's also about the social and political impact that she's had on national and international television. She's an inspiration to young girls. Like, who can deny it? She's an inspiration to everyone, really, when it comes down to it. She's all about empowerment, and I think that's a fantastic thing. But I really have to say my favourite moment was in 1989 when she decided to move away from shock TV. She'd had a couple of episodes where... She was hitting down the direction of Maury Povich and Jerry Springer and all of those, and she'd made the decision not to continue doing that. And I just think, kudos to her. It's a fantastic thing to do. Do what you really want to do. Do what you dream of. 
And then you can offer people free prizes, free cars, free holidays, and so much more. Very good. Now, Yolanda Nina, your opening statements on Oprah, please. Okay, best Oprah moment, and probably one of the ones that's parody time and time again. Of course, I'm talking about Tom Cruise showing his love for his then-wife or soon-to-be wife, Katie Holmes. And while it was silly and a bit daggy, there's no better feeling than being in love. Eating chocolate? And I bet Tom couldn't wait for that interview to be over so he could be with his future wife. And I think that was sweet. Now, Mimikaka, with your rebuttal, please. I honestly can't stand the fact that that actually happened. I don't know that it was genuine love. Yolanda, tantalise us with your rebuttal. I don't think that you really sort of chose an Oprah moment. You just chose an Oprah, like from an Oprah show, like the question was a best Oprah show moment. You just picked a time in Oprah's whole, like a whole period of Oprah's life and... Um, and I guess the period of, yeah, her, her, it might have been her personal change, but it wasn't really a moment on her show um, as well. As the judge, I will allow it, because it was a moment in time that did change the course of the show forever, so it is an important factor in the Oprah show. So as the judge, I will allow it, but excellent attempt at rebuttal. All right, now, this is Oprah we're talking about, so I want a dirty fight, claws out, wigs off, all in, go. All right. So, if you want a moment, Yolanda, I can give oh, you a moment. Brutal. So, there was a show. <clears throat> there was legit a moment where one of the audience members' phones rings, right? And Oprah hears the phone ring, pulls out the audience member, says, come this way, starts talking to the person on the other line of the phone, and then tells them how shit they are for not being at the Oprah show and while her friend's there. That probably, if you want to talk about moments, most definitely, but specific, I feel like because of the impact that she had and because the struggle that I had making a choice of that one Oprah moment or like a favourite Oprah moment, I really had to go with with something that was a lot more philosophical because of the social and political impact that she's had on American TV and, I guess, over time, um, all the reruns that have been played. I remember as a kid being homesick and being able to watch Oprah's show in mid, uh, at, like, midday. And for me, I think all I can think about these days is actually feeling a little bit queasy every single time I see Oprah these days because every time I got to see her was when I was a little bit sick. And I feel genuinely (laughs) bad about that. (laughs) I'm not arguing Oprah's impact. I'm just arguing the, the question and the point of her was having a moment. Obviously, you picked a different moment as well, but I'm not going to say that Oprah's, you know, the impact and all that is fair enough. And I think that that's why there's so many different moments on her show and why people go on her show, whether it's scripted or not, to make an impact. And there's no denying that Tom Cruise made an impact in that moment, standing on a chair, declaring his love for this woman. And I don't think he that... made whether- a very embarrassing impact. Yeah, but it's still an impact. It doesn't matter. Oh, it hasn't really hurt his career at all. Hers maybe, but that's what Scientology does for you. Hey, Oprah was willing to let him be on the show. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe Scientology paid for paid his way. All right, you can cut that Scientology bit out. Yeah, I do. I don't. I don't want them sending dead horses to my house. You just lose points just for that. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, move on.
And just like the rest of them, that fight ended up down shit creek without a paddle. So, to award points, I thought, Mimi, you had an excellent point of view. However, your personal feelings on Tom Cruise have nothing to do with the matter. And I think Oprah's best friend Gail, Girl Scout, would be utterly disappointed at your lack of preparedness. As it is, Yolanda was able to debunk and devalue your strong argument every step of the way. Now, Mimi, you would get three points, and Yolanda, you would get four. However, now that Scientology is after me, Mimi, you shall get two. (laughs) Yolanda, Mm -hmm. you shall get three. Now, while our master debaters are pulling out all the stops, let's move on to round three. Category is Most Valuable Pussy of the Episode. Yolanda, who was your MVP for this episode? Okay, I think for this episode, the MVP was definitely Angina. Gorgeous in her runway, on the runway, sorry, her ruffled little back dress, but her teleprompter segment was hilarious. Showed us that she has Rue's ability to poke fun at herself, and her interview with Tori and Dean was fun, relatable, and seemed to make her guests really comfortable. And for that reason, Angina had the MVP for this episode. Mimikaka, expose your MVP to us. My choice here definitely went to Rebecca Glasscock. I love the fact that she made her own outfit. Nobody else bothered to do that. Like, that is so much enthusiasm for the competition itself. Excellent. Yolanda, your rebuttal. I do agree Rebecca making her own outfit was... Was it was a good move. I think that uh, no, everyone else sort of went the easy route, and she did try and make something that was personal to herself. So I did like that. But I think it was the only exciting thing about her whole her whole time. Really, she did look great in the final runway, but her interview props news reading was all really boring. Alrighty, Mimikaka, shake your rebuttal. See, this is where I feel like. The runway is a little bit where Angina failed. I didn't like the ruffled look at all. Um, And I certainly think she did very, very well with the teleprompter. And she is relatable. She's probably one of my favourites most of the time. But I'm not sure she really was MVP this episode. Oh, no debater, don't. I think it's perhaps a little bit insensitive for uh, like an American to put on an accent that that's that is that strong. I feel like perhaps maybe it might be a little bit culturally insensitive. Definitely too far removed to be able to put a funny on that and it not maybe come across so as so insensitive. Much of, I mean, she was imitating someone. It wasn't like she was just generally, you know, being culturally inappropriate. I guess to a whole thing, she was literally being. A, a person like she was she was imitating someone and that happens on shows like saturday night live and stuff all the time yeah but we're not on saturday night live i think the role of what they were trying to do on that was kind of like that well at least that's what angina read it as no well wasn't that a homage to oprah and entertainment and host hosting shows i mean i i feel like the news reader section was perhaps a little bit far removed from oprah entertainment but definitely the interview portion was more down the entertainment avenue of Oprah. True. To be fair, Oprah did start off in news. Yeah. Did she? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. All right, we'll scrap that. In Chicago, that. a long time ago. Yeah, I'll scrap that out. <laughs> oh, no, scrap no, 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 no. Yolanda, it. debunk her. Debunk it. 
You're landlord, just give no, me no, a yeah, number. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Oprah so was a reporter. You... But I don't disagree that the reporter section was separate to the entertainment section and the advertising section. Each one was set up to be a specific task that different people could excel in. And I just think Angina was the only one who was able to excel in each one through being funny. That was her personality coming through. I don't you know whether it was appropriate to put on an accent or not when she kind of already has an accent is you know, probably an argument for another time, but she definitely was consistently the best performer across those challenges. And see, I can't disagree because I actually yeah. really like it, it, It's the first time I've really <laughs> so, liked it too. It's like I think you've just like... made my decision for me there, honey. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm going to have so to too. give you a land. Nice, nice attempt there with the playing the race card. That was That was very <laughs> gallant of you. Uh, but Yolanda was able to debunk that. I think we are all in agreement that Angina had the most valuable pussy for this episode. Yeah. So, to award the points... Now I need to find my scorecard. All right, so to award the points, I'll award Mimi three, but Yolanda with four. Alrighty, now we'll move straight into round four. Best runway of the episode. Mimikaka, you can go first this time. In honour of Oprah and the goddess who is prepared to fight as a competitor, I have to go with Bibi. She brought the charm of Africa, the lion, the queen, the shaka, Diana, Tina, the lion. I've got to say, if anything, that's got to be in homage of Oprah and it's got to be perfect. Alrighty, Yolanda, your opening statements, please. All I can say about Rebecca Glasscock in her runway outfit is that she put the cunning stunt in charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. Whoa, mama, that dress. It didn't wear her at all, unlike others who look like they were drowning in polyester. Alright, Mimi, can you rebuttal? So, while I thought she was MVP, she certainly didn't have best runway. Alrighty, Yolanda, retittle the rebuttal. I'll give it that BB had a good runway. I think she was one of the strongest out there, but she was not better than Rebecca. Now, we've got our choices, our rebuttals. It's time to jump in the mud wrestling ring. Fight! So, Rebecca had class, but I'm not sure that she really had the look for the runway. I mean, that was more like an evening dinner out rather than strutting her stuff down the runway. That's who she is, like... I think it was. this was the first time they were able to come out as themselves and who they want to present themselves as. And some people wanted to present themselves as loud and big head. And I think that hers is a more subtle look. So, yeah, more maybe more going out to dinner, but I think that's her style. That's, you know, it, it's really her beauty that's her pack, like it is her best asset when doing the runways. So the dress was just an accessory. Yeah, but again, we were paying homage to the great Oprah. That should have been part of the runway, and it was with Bibi. It wasn't with Rebecca. But isn't Oprah about being yourself and being who you are? And that's, I think, exactly who Rebecca was. Bibi was herself too. I'm not going to deny that. I don't. I just thought Rebecca's runway was more appealing. I think Bibi's was more in tribute to Oprah and what they were trying to create for the episode. And again, I think think having the African queen, the lioness, 
all of that sort of stuff, that was possessed in BB. Rebecca was soft, gentle, and sweet, and going out for dinner. There was no walking down the runway for Rebecca. It, she just didn't have the stage presence that BB had. I don't know. I think it's something that if they'd have walked together, I do think that she didn't have the stage presence. Like you, they, I don't think that BB would have outshone her. They were both very good, but Rebecca just had more. I don't know. It's it's a more subtle. You know, he doesn't need to sort of whack you in the face with the big hair and the leopard print. And We're the on the runway. Massive We're coat. trying to smack people in the face with how pretty we are. We're not trying to be subtle and cute. We're trying to be... That's right. Cute. And Rebecca's very, very pretty. She doesn't need all the accessories, all the, all the fluff well, that goes over the top. Well, she had two giant things hanging off her ears. I don't know what those were, but they certainly weren't keeping with a dress. Oh. Oh. Yep. <laughs> all right. Excellent. If I don't separate you two, we're going to have to get the hose. All right. <laughs> so for that, that went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But I think, Mimikaka, you just knocked it back in the end with your earring comment. So you take the win there as well as the five points. But Yolanda, you get four. So yet again, as if it was scripted. We have landed on a tie going into our final <laughs> So <round>. convenient. <laughs> so while our fighters sharpen their nails, we're going to have one last word from our sponsors. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to Drag Race Debates, I kick you with a kick. That was Amali Golden, and we're in our final round here, Yolanda Nina Pickle versus Mimi Kaka. So, I won't hold us off any longer. Final category is, who should have gone home? Yolanda, you're up first. Okay. I can't help but find Akash's attitude and bad moodiness to be fun to watch, especially, especially as it drives the other queens crazy. As for... Others whose attitude could be seen as cocky. So for that reason, after a truly terrible Oprah challenge where she stepped all over her guests, right down to her coffee scroll tits, I thought Chanel's performance and runway tipped the scales in Akasha's favour and Chanel should have slithered off the runway. Alrighty, Mimikaka, your final opening statement, please. I honestly think Jade should have gone home. I know she wasn't in the final two, but I feel like... Her drab personality is really going under the radar at the moment. Her initial appearances seem so promising. Tickle us all with your rebuttal. I feel like that's sort of unfair to Jade. I think this whole, from the beginning of the whole episode, she was a little bit overwhelmed. I don't think she had a bad performance necessarily. Yeah, it was a little bit boring and she doesn't really do much that was exciting, but she also didn't really do anything that was bad either. She just kept trying, whereas Chanel and Akasha both did so many things wrong throughout the episode that they definitely both deserve to go over Jade. Mimikaka, what do you got for us? Honestly, I can't argue with Akasha going home. I really think that she probably should have as well. But Chanel, really, purposefully shaking off her hat to create publicity for herself and to almost make it like a stint I just felt that was really inappropriate however I feel like Chanel still has a lot to offer those costumes are amazing those giant titties are amazing like as if we wouldn't want more of that 
Give us some entertainment. Show us how much you wiggle. <laughs> Alrighty. Thank you for that, Mimikaka. Excellent. The final fight of the episode. Ding, ding. I really think that if you're feeling overwhelmed, it probably would be time to go home, right? I don't know if it's time to go home. I don't think it was necessarily a, a whole, like, I think in the final runway she wasn't overwhelmed. It was just in the challenges. But I kind of think that Chanel particularly got in her head and overwhelmed her on purpose. She was constantly trying to sort of say what everyone should and shouldn't be doing about Oprah and all that. And it's actually really another reason why Chanel should have gone home. Just for being... But if you can't handle the competition and you can't handle the hazing, then you probably shouldn't be there in the first place. It is highly competitive and it's highly aggressive. There's no doubt about it with these competitions. Any edge that you can get on your competitor, you need to take, right? That's true. But I don't think... Chanel should have gone, though. Obviously, as I said, she did get into it, but hers was more to do with her challenges. She did not. I don't even if she knew that the guests were even there when she was interviewing them. She asked the same questions repeatedly, and it was like she was looking through Tori Spelling, and that she couldn't actually see her. It was well, it was, it was quite. Rude, it was really. rude. A bit starstruck, perhaps as well, for the whole lot of them, or just not being comfortable in that kind of situation. And again, probably another reason why, if you can't handle the pressure in the competition, you should be going home. And I feel like Jade is one of those people that isn't going to provide the entertainment value for us, and she's just going to break down. No, no comment. Does she break down? Please no tell comment. me she breaks down. I wanted to break down. I have no idea. It hasn't been shown on air yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hasn't it? No. Oh, damn. All right, can't wait for next week's episode. <laughs> There's no way she know. I granted she may have been a little bit nervous, but she definitely wasn't uncomfortable because she sat there and said that this is what she does. She talks to people all the time. She's a host. That's her. That's her job. And I don't think I've really ever seen anyone who's worse at that job. But it's like she mentioned... Than Chanel trying to interview Tori It's Spelling. like she mentioned in her episode, though. It's trying to keep people on track, right? So she was ignoring what they had to say to keep people on track on the conversation. Which is something Oprah definitely would not do. <laughs> That's definitely not an So Oprah I feel woman. like Chanel was, like, totally starstruck. Like, she had a double whammy going for her this time. Not only was it Oprah... But she had 90210 as well. And she's a massive fan of both. Like, as if she wouldn't break down a little bit. Like, I know I get nervous around, like, famous people all the time. Because I spend so much time with famous people. Don't we all? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm thinking, I'm like, <laughs> when do you know famous people? Her, yeah, but you know what? She was the one that talked herself up. And even if we put aside the Tory spelling interview, she was horrendous at trying to sell the products. I don't even think she knew how to hold the box properly. And we haven't even circled back to her outfit, which, again, for someone who loves Oprah so much, kind of knows that is not something that... It's definitely a problem as a queen if you don't know how to handle the box. I've got to say that. (laughs) I'm so glad someone said it. I'm so glad I didn't have to say it. Did you want me to say it better? (laughs) I feel like both of the contestants that were at risk of going home this week both shouldn't have been there. I definitely think Jade should have been the number one there. She doesn't really seem like she cares that much. She seems like she's a lost sheep in amongst the wolves. 
All right, before any of the other queens get eaten up for dinner, <laughs> I think we'll end it there. Uh, that was quite an intense fight, but time for the scores. Mimi, I thought you made some excellent points along the way about hazing, about Chanel's tits being amazing, about her being starstruck as well. That's a very good point. Whoa. And also by bringing down your choice with their personality that they seem to not want to be there. I thought these were excellent points, and I gave you five. Whoa. Yolanda, every step of the way, you knocked down Mimi yet again. You are the white (laughs) Oprah. Six points. So, final scores are Mimi on 19, Yolanda on 20. Yolanda takes the win. Second in a row. The second episode in a row, she is unstoppable, folks. Do our queens have anything to say before we go? Be excellent to each other. Take care of each other and yourselves. Are you going to be able to keep up this streak, Yolanda? That's what the audience wants to know. I am going to try. Hattrick, Hattrick, Hattrick. That's all from us this week at the Blooming League of Original Podcasts. Don't forget to check out the rest of our shows. And remember, it's not all serious, it's just master debating. We'll let Amalie Golden take us out. Be sure to check out her music on iTunes, Spotify and more. I've been Rose Colour Glasses. See you next time. Good night. Bye. Bye. Love you. Drag Race Debates is not affiliated in any way with VH1, World of Wonder, or RuPaul's Drag Race. All opinions are just for the sake of it and not to be taken seriously. Just had the win. That that sounded like you were orgasming. (laughs) Well, that's alright. It's totally appropriate. Not that I know what that sounds like. Uh, Okay, we move on to round two, blah, blah, blah. You've seen Breakfast at Tiffany's. Breakfast at Tiffany's? Are you not thinking of When Harry Met Sally? Yeah. That one. That one. (laughs) That was way off. When Harry Met Sally. Way off. Yeah, it was a bit. (laughs) Well, well, I just thought, you know, coffee shop, breakfast, it's all the same thing, right? Orgasms at breakfast. Tiffany's is a jewellery store. Yeah, but breakfast at Tiffany's. Tiffany's isn't a cafe. It's a jewelry store. <laughs> Sorry, but that's that's Audrey Hepburn. This is this is Well my phone's gonna burn up hearing you talk like that. Bump, 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 <laughs> Alright, okay. 